talk tonight, we're going to talk about walking with Jesus. And so far, this semester, we've talked about a greater promise that the Lord has for us. We've talked about how Jesus is enough. And we've talked about having a faith that amazes Jesus. And so, yeah, we're talking about walking with Jesus now. Uh, we're going to talk about LDR. Kelly got your fun little outlines. I'm really proud of it. Those pictures, I did that. Um, I bet you're thinking live deep relationship, LDR. But we're actually going to frame our conversation tonight in the context of life, death, and resurrection, LDR. So, here we go. Uh, we're going to talk about how each of these how in each of these we can walk with Jesus. So starting with life, we've been given the gift of life. Praise God. In the beginning, we were in the kingdom of God, perfection. All was right. Everything was in right order. Enter sin. Things are not in right order. We live now in this fallen kingdom. We are born into a world that's not all right and clearly we can see this enter Jesus God in the flesh he came to us to restore the proper order it is um, he came to make it possible for us to once again live in the kingdom of God Jesus is the promise of the Father. Uh, in the very beginning, uh, in Genesis, right after the fall, there's this line in there. It's called the Proto-Evangelium. It's like foreshadowing. It's the part where God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and she will crush your head. That's the Proto-Evangelium. That is God immediately making to us this promise of his son Jesus, who is the way back to him. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to make a way back to the Father. He came to restore relationship with the Father. Jesus is the way. He's the only way. He's the only way to the Father, the one from which we were hewn, who we've come from, and who we're on our way back to. So we need uh, to enter into this life with Jesus. It's only through him. We want to live with him, um, to be in him, and to live through him. You are a son. You are a daughter. If you're a son, if you're a daughter, you're in a family. And there's a way we do things in this family. So uh, I just want to share with you a verse from 2 Timothy. It paints a good picture about how we do things in this family, in this kingdom. It says, You then, my son, my daughter, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And all the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. So this is how we do it. We teach others this way of life. Others who are trustworthy to also pass it on. We suffer well. We care about what matters. We don't waste our time on matters that aren't of the kingdom. We have an eternal perspective. We seek to please our father, not man. We are honest and fair, play by the rules. We work hard and we receive and enjoy the fruit that we are blessed with. So we've been given this life, there's a rift and there's a promise and God keeps his promise. He gives us a way back to himself and his kingdom and the way is Jesus. He is the only way and we want to live with him. We can see this on a macro scale, but I also want to encourage us to think about this story of salvation um, on a micro scale and how Jesus is the promise to us daily. How daily we can have life, how daily we can have the rift, and how daily we can have choose the way back to the Father. Okay. So that's why there's a baby under L, life, um, the promise, Jesus. Okay, getting into death. So before we dig into dying to self, I just want to give a little reminder that it was for the joy that was set before him that Jesus endured the cross, that he took up the cross. Um, he did it in joy. Uh, in Evangelii Gaudium, uh, JP2 talks about how we are a resurrection people and how we don't want to be walking around all gloomy face all the time. Um, and Jesus even says, when you give alms, when you fast, um, when we're dying to self, uh, let's, you know, perk up and don't walk around all gloomy. Okay, that was a side note. Um, we're going to keep going. So, Colossians. This is great. A big call on. It says, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, 
since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I want us to think about the example of Jesus as the good shepherd. Um, we just read all of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language that might be a part of our life, a part of our earthly nature. It's called concupiscence. It's okay. We all have that in us. Um, but the Lord invites us to lay it down. He invites us to lay down our life, um, to lay down our preferences. And I want us to think about the example of Jesus as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. How can you? How can you lay down your life? How can you lay down the old? For the sake of others, how can you lay down your life and lay down the old. No one can take it from you, but you must lay it down of your own accord. You have the authority to lay it down. And this is what the Father asks of us, and this is what pleases him. This is what it is to live in the kingdom of God, um, to think of others and to lay our life down for others. I want to share with you a poem. It's called The Water Song, and it's from a book called Hind's Feet in High Places. And this is the song that the water sings as it um, flows down the mountain. And I want you to think about this in regards to laying down our life. And so it says, Come, O oh come, let us away, lower, lower every day, Oh, what joy it is to race down to find the lowest place. This, the dearest law we know, it is happy to go low. Sweetest urge and sweetest will, let us go down lower still. Hear the summons night and day, calling us to come away. From the heights we leap and flow to the valleys down below, always answering to the call, to the lowest place of all. Sweetest urge and sweetest pain to go low and rise again. Again. Okay. I'm going to check and make sure this is still recording really quick. Okay, we're doing good. Hope you can all hear me. What a beautiful image, right? What a beautiful image of this water um, answering the law of nature to go low. How happy and how sweet it is to go low. We must go low. We must lay down our life. Um, the Lord asks us, will you follow me into obscurity? Will you be humble? It doesn't always feel like a good thing, but it can be beautiful. It is beautiful and it's natural. So I want us to think. I want us to think, where can you lay down your life right now? Right now, where can you lay down your life, right? We can think about the macro scale, you know, big life things, but I want us to think about the micro scale right now. Today, tomorrow, this week, how can you lay down your life? Choose to lay down your life. 
to get us thinking. Are you facing any trials right now? Are you facing any trials? That's a great place to lay down your life, to lay down yourself. James, uh, James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When we surrender to these trials, when we um, face them head on and persevere in our trials and lay down our comfort, um, perseverance finishes its work and matures us. Okay, we can think about um, are you living with people? There's going to be a tug between being mindful of yourself and self-care and being mindful of the people that we're doing life with. Um, if you're living with people, is there a place where you can lay down your life a little bit? Lay down your preference. Um, smile a little bit more when you don't feel like it. Be more cheery when you don't feel like it. Be more kind when you don't feel like it. How can you lay down your life? Okay, is there a vice that is hurting others? Is there a vice? It might be a fleshly one, it might be an emotional one. Um, examples might include, as we mentioned earlier, anger or rage. Are we internalizing anger and staying silent? Are we lashing out? Is there un unforgiveness? Wow, what a great thing to lay down and let go of. Um, am I checking out? Media addiction, when I'm present with people, am I somewhere else? Am I on my phone or am I wherever? Lay down your life, be present. Give every person your best 15 seconds. Lay down your life, give them your life. <laughs> okay, yeah, are fleshly desires ruling your life or is Jesus? Think You can think about that, is there advice? Are your plans ruling your life or is Jesus? Are you grumbling or complaining? We want to put these things to death. We want to put sin and selfishness to death. Um, Philippians, do nothing out of selfishness, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you looking to the interests of others. Um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. We can be confident that as we um, put to death some of these sins as we put to death our selfishness that God is going to bring new life in me but in others around me and others around you he's going to bring new life and I know that we're all here and we all want um, and are trying already to do this so I just want to encourage us I want this to be an encouragement um, yeah 
when some examples of how God has brought new life, and then we'll get into the resurrection. Um, so when I first came to OSU, we lived in a little apartment on 12th, named it Judah. It was our first year there. It was me, three other girls. I was coming off hot for my senior year. I knew everything, and I came, and I didn't know everything. I didn't know why we did a formation. I... I just didn't know and it was a really beautiful thing when eventually I surrendered that and I said you know I don't know I don't know everything I don't know what we're supposed to do at the end of the semester as a household um I actually don't know what we're supposed to do about this thing or that thing and the women in my house had so much room to rise to the occasion. They said to me, they said, Emily, we love that you didn't know what you were doing your first year because it gave us so much space um, to see things with fresh eyes and to really like get after it. And praise God. Um, if I had walked around pretending, knowing that I knew what I was doing, we probably all would have been smothered and unhappy. Even now, um, I want things my way often the Lord is doing a great work of detachment in my life, and there are a lot of opportunities to surrender. I'm an idealist, so I always have a vision of how I want things to go, and other people have their vision too, and sometimes their vision is actually better than mine, or it works better, and there's something really good. It's like a sweet pain, <laughs> you know, when things don't go your way, but you see them going well. It's humbling, it's good. Um, let's do that. A little example too of dying to myself. I, this is really embarrassing, but I don't know where my tennis shoes are. I, last I remember having them was at the beginning of October. It's been a busy month. So I really needed them the other day and I got so angry because <laughs> I couldn't find them and I couldn't remember where they were. And poor Sarah, my roommate, comes home and all I can talk about is my tennis shoes and how I can't find them and she's helping me look and I like drove away and I was still just like irritated and I had a moment where I thought to myself, Emily, are you really gonna stay irritated about your tennis shoes? You have to let it go. I let it go. I still haven't found them, but um, that, I, it, I don't know. I feel like I could have let that ruin my day and I didn't. So we all have moments like this to choose. We have moments to choose. Are we gonna lay down whatever anger or irritation or whatever is stirring in us? Are we gonna choose to love others? Okay, so let's be quick to die to ourselves. The resurrection. We don't just die to die. Death brings new life. And thanks be to Jesus. Again, I know I keep talking about this, but we can think about this on a larger scale and we can think about this on a smaller scale. So let's think about the larger scale. I am filming this in the office and I have two big windows right here. And I can look out and I can see the trees. They're really, really beautiful right now. Um, and I want us to think about and imagine the seasons. There will be seasons, there will be seasons of our life 
Um, there will be seasons of our life when the tree is in full bloom, but there will be seasons where it's dying and there will be seasons where we look at that tree and it is dead. There is nothing there. It's brown and it's kind of crackly looking. I don't know, just dry looking, right? Come spring, boom, it's there every year without fail. It comes back. You can think about one tree dies, the forest, this is like a thing. When a tree dies, it makes room for another tree. Um, you can think about the animal kingdom. The animal, its body fertilizes the earth and brings about new life. The rain, it's been raining all day. The rain falls only to be taken back up again. It's how the universe is built. When you forget, when you're in a low place, think about that. Think about nature. It's the nature of things. It's a cycle. Okay, let's think about on a micro scale, daily life, daily death, daily resurrection. Daily life, daily death, daily resurrection. Let's be quick in our daily life to die. Let's be quick in our daily life to rise. Okay, it's called resilience. <laughs> Quickness to rise. I love that word. Okay, um, great, great verse here, great promise. Um, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So we really want to do this. We want to, we want to pray for the grace and we really want to put in our effort to get ourselves out of the way. Um, this is really hard for us, especially in America and in this day and our age, because we're told to build, build your life, um, be successful, dream your dreams, go after them, right? Succeed. Um, but there is a connection, and sometimes I think we miss the relationship between building and tearing down and um, succeeding and failing. We need both. Often, often, in order to grow, we need to let something die. Okay. Jesus. If we are with Jesus, we might die with him, but we will also rise with him. I know you know this, <laughs> living life with Jesus as an idea is easy. Living life with Jesus as a way of life is hard. It's easy to love the idea of living life with Jesus. Being a Christian as a way of life is much harder. It takes daily discipline. Discipleship takes deeds. I want to invite us to really walk with Jesus. Not just live for him, but to live with him. To walk with him. Um, that's your third image there. We're walking with Jesus. Okay. I want to really invite us to walk with Jesus. I know we're all doing this. This is an encouragement. Okay, so 
What is it you need to die to? What do you need to let die or put to death? You probably thought of something earlier. If you haven't written it down, I would encourage you to write it down on your outline or wherever. This is your time to do that if you haven't written it down. Is there an emotion or a sin or some kind of selfishness that we need to put to death in our life? Is there a plan or some form of control that we need to let go? Okay, we're coming up on the end here. As we walk with Jesus, here are some helpful reminders. These are all things that he did. Um, helpful reminder, helpful practice. Number one is to read scripture, to read it and let it soak in, to understand it. You have a nice little treasury of scripture um, that would be beautiful to read, um, to remind you of how we live life in this family of God. It keeps us inspired. Have a scripture of the month. Read it. Memorize it. Write it down. Do it as a house. Whatever. Put it on your mirror. Okay? So scripture. It's the two-edged sword. We need it. That's how we stay firm. Okay? Next helpful thing as we walk with Jesus is an encouragement to take time away. Jesus always was going off to be with his Father. And we, with Jesus, in Jesus, through Jesus, can go off, take time to be with our Father. Take an hour in adoration. Um, go on a walk by yourself. Uh, maybe take a retreat before the Christmas season. Go off, be away. <laughs> okay, third practice laying down your life. We, did, we talked about this a lot, but practice, practice laying down your life. Um, be quick to outdo one another in showing honor and respect. Outdo one another in serving. Next one, be honest. Be honest with others and be honest with God. Jesus was so honest. He was so honest. He was so honest with others and he was so honest with God. Think about all of the things that he said, how honest he was. He was honest um, and this was really on my heart last week as I was prepping for this talk, that conversation with God is what we're made for. God made us, he made words, he made our heart, he made relationship we're relational beings conversation with god is what we're made for i really want to invite you to be honest with god to take time away with him to read the scriptures um, but to be honest with him he has given us his true presence and he longs for our true presence with him so let's be honest with him okay and lastly live life with some authority <laughs> um Live life with some authority. God gave Jesus all the authority on heaven and on earth, and we have been baptized in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit, and we have been baptized to live 
life with him. And so um, we have some authority. We can live our life with some authority. So some of these things that we need to put to death, we can put to death. And I'm confident that we can do that in the name of Jesus and with his grace. Um, yes, life, death, resurrection. Um, last thing, I want to share this image with you. I've been praying with it a lot in the last couple months. Um, I was looking at this statue of Mary and praying, and I looked down and I thought to myself, there's that snake again. He's always there. That snake is always there, always under her foot. And I thought to myself, I want to be a woman that that's where the snake stays. Um, like Mary, that we will crush the serpent's head, that he does not um, gain any space in our life. He's not coming up here. No. Mm -mm. He belongs under your foot, under my foot, and under Mary's foot. So I wanted to share that image with us because I think it's really beautiful and put a little bit of a fighting spirit in me. And we need a fighting spirit, don't we? Okay, so LDR, life, death, resurrection. Um, this is a daily thing. It's the story of, you know, all creation. It's the story of Jesus. It's the Paschal mystery. Um, I want us to really meditate on this over the next couple weeks. We are coming up on our formation retreat. November 13th through the 14th, so it's not this weekend, it's not next weekend, it's the weekend after. We'll be out at Damascus. Um, you should have received an email from Laura with some details to register. This retreat is called Two Kingdoms. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world, the flesh, the devil. And this retreat is going to be a great opportunity for us be informed and equipped um, to say yes to the kingdom of God and to say no to the kingdom of the world, the flesh, and the devil. So it's really cool. I think this whole semester we've been kind of circling these same themes. Jesus, the greater promise. He's enough. He is the way, the truth, the life, right? Um, having faith that amazes Jesus. He wants more for us. And that more is to live life with him in his life, his death, and his resurrection. So we've really been circling this, and I think I just see this retreat as another way of circling it. And I love that we're circling because I think earlier one of us used this image of the spiral. Every time we come to that certain point in the spiral, we're just a little deeper. It's different. It might sound the same, but it's different. So I'm really excited about this retreat. I'm excited to be with you all. Um, again, there are details, but I want to invite each of you to pray with me, to pray with all of us together. And um, there have been some words about Mary and her protection on our community. And so I want to invite us each to pray the memorari each day. I can send a picture in the group me if you want to make it your phone background, uh, if you want to do it after morning prayer whatever. If you don't know it, it's good to learn it. This is a really powerful prayer and it's a huge 
uh, it's been a huge blessing in my life. So I hope you learn it and I hope you love it. And I hope that you know Mary's presence and protection and motherly care for you as you pray it. And then I also want to encourage us to memorize this verse. It's from Joshua 1, verse 9. And it says, I command you to be firm and steadfast. Do not fear or be dismayed. Clearly, I need to memorize it. <laughs> I command you to be firm and steadfast. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Put that on your bathroom mirror. Put that, write it on your hand. Um, but let's memorize that verse. I think I, I chose this because somebody, it was a word earlier shared at the beginning of the year, but also I just think this is a great promise and command of the Lord, our God, our Father, to meditate on as we approach our two kingdoms retreat. Do not, um, I command you, be firm and steadfast. I command you, be firm and steadfast. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Okay. I know you're probably tired of hearing me talk. I'm going to check the time. Oh my gosh, it's been 30 minutes. God bless you guys. Okay, I just want to share some words from our last time of prayer together. You can pause it right now if you want and restart this, but I just want to share because uh, I know you'll be going into your prayer meetings. So there's an image of a trophy room and bringing the Lord in to see our worldly achievements, our grades, good deeds, good voices, great voices. But we're still not pleased. He's still restless and filled with discontent. He sees the awards, but he turns and he looks at us, affirming that he sees more than these achievements. He sees our sonship and our daughtership, the greatest achievement. There's a word that in order to trust in him, it is necessary not only for us to open our hands, but to empty them. What are we holding on to? If we're not constantly grasping for him, we're grasping at nothing more than straws. There is an image of the Israelites grumbling that they didn't have what they needed materially. Moses struck the rock and water flowed freely. He must have had the urge to call everyone, bring all the vessels. Um, let's conserve, let's catch the water. We don't know when there'll be water again. Sometimes we have that urge to protect and conserve the goodness we're in. We're slow to bring others in for fear that sharing will dilute the goodness. We need to share the water. We need to show others the way to the water and trust that the water is not going to cease flowing. There's a word that first and foremost, we are called to console the heart of Jesus. And the best way is to take out the thorn of distrust from his heart. We're being called as a community to trust him in all ways with all things in all situations. And there is a word that the Lord desires to release on our community, a spirit of authentic worship. He doesn't care necessarily what we say, so long as we're being honest. Authentic worship. He doesn't want pre-rehearsed worship. He doesn't want your holy lords if it doesn't mean anything to you. He's sick of a stone-hearted people masquerading as a fleshly-hearted people behind the mask of beautiful words. As we, as a community, um, need to start worshiping with our whole beings, be honest with the heart, 
He is the bridegroom who is in love with a bride and not a tape recorder. You are not a tape recorder. And lastly, a reminder of Christ's power over death. It's easy to make small of the resurrection after hearing the story so many times, to equate Jesus' rising with merely waking up, but God is so much bigger. Jesus didn't just wake up. The resurrection power is so much bigger than that. Tombs were shattered, chains were broken, and the dead rose to life um, when Jesus rose from the dead. So, amen, alleluia. Uh, God bless the rest of your evening, and I will be with you all. We'll be all together soon on our retreat. Um, take care.